Hey guys, welcome to Goat 101. Today we're going to find out if Mikey can kill people. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Goat 101. My name is Ryan. This is my buddy Mikey, and this is Cam. Uh, we're here today to kind of show you a little bit of what goes on in, inside Goat behind the curtain. So, uh, Mikey is a student of ours. Uh, Cam works here at Goat, and also is a pastor at Summit Church. And so, um, we're going to take this opportunity to show you guys some questions that some of our kids have, some things that they're asking, some things they're dealing with in life, uh, and then we're going to take the time to explain those. Uh, in a way that we would as a larger group of students, just as a way for you guys to get a little uh, intro into that. So um, I'm going to hand it over to Mikey. Uh, Mikey, do you, what's your uh, question for Cam today? So my question for Cam today is justifiable killing a thing. Like, is it ever okay to kill somebody? Is it a thing? All right. Well, I'll just be honest. I don't have a clear-cut answer for that. Like, I don't. I don't know that there is one. He doesn't know because, we, <laughs> because we've, been, we've been. This is something that's been discussed for literally hundreds of years. So I'm gonna really more, and this isn't a cop out. If, if you feel like it's a cop out, it's a cop you, out. Can, you can tell me. <laughs> but I'm gonna more talk about how to process the question and, and really how to explore the question and how not to process through the question. Does that make sense? So, good. what are the right questions to ask? What are the wrong questions to ask? I think sometimes, and I'll start off this way. Um, a lot of times when we talk about this um, this topic, is it ever justifiable to kill somebody? Um, usually we frame it in like an Old Testament and a New Testament kind of conversation, right? Like sometimes we say, oh, well, I see the God of, like we hear that term a lot, right? The God of the Old Testament. And we see violence and we see war and we see God not only just like condoning those things, but actually commanding those things, right? But then we, when we look at the New Testament, we see the God of the New Testament. We don't see those things. And I think sometimes people think that there's like this... Um, distinction between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. So right off the bat, um, I, I want to make sure we frame the conversation the right way, and the right way to frame the conversation is by having the right understanding of the Bible and God. So the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, don't tell us two different stories about two different gods. They tell us one complete story holistically together about one God and what that God has been up to since the beginning of time and what he continues to do even in this moment. But can we kill people? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so now getting back to the, to the meat of the question, the guts of this thing. Okay, so... Can we kill somebody? Let's first of all, if we believe that there isn't a distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament, then I think the next question we have to ask is, why do the two seem to be different? Right? Why does it seem like we see most of the violence and war that God commands in the Old Testament? Why does the Old Testament fundamentally look different in the way that God's people interact with the world from the way that God's people interact with the world in the New Testament? And so here's my answer. The short of this is that in the Old Testament, God's people were a nation state. They were the nation of Israel. That was God's people, right? And God promised to Abraham that through the nation of Israel, through, through his descendants, through God's people, he would bless all of the nations. For example, if Israel got wiped out in war, what would have happened? Let's say that King David was never born. Well, who could have never been a descendant of King David? Who was a descendant of King David who saved, who was the person to save the rest of the world? 
Jesus, JC, like Come on, that's always, you know what I mean? that's always the answer. I was, I was setting you up for a home run. So I can see the significance and relevance towards the Old Testament, but looking at it now, yeah, what's a case where... So Mikey's sitting at home playing Minecraft, right? and <laughs> someone, Minecraft. someone kicks open the front door and is going to kill him. Can Mikey kill the guy back? Okay. Well, <laughs> no, he can't. Cause okay, yeah, yeah. Can Mikey... I get it. Try, try no not longer. to die. Try not to be killed originally. Okay, I would say this. Um, I believe when we look at how Jesus um, engages with his enemies, and not only Jesus, but how Jesus commands his people, his followers, to engage their enemies is fundamentally different in the New Testament than it is in the Old Testament because God's people are no longer a nation state. So before... Um, Israel, God's people's enemies, were other countries trying to destroy that country, right? But um, in the New Testament, when Jesus comes on the scene, we begin to see that as because he's blessing all of the nations, the people of God um, aren't just, it's not one nation, it's, it's all people of various nations, right? And so we see that there's still a war going on. But it's a different kind of war. But it's war. a different kind of war. It's fundamentally not against people, it's against um, principalities, evil. What I would say is we have to look at that. That's still important. We have to look at Jesus' teachings, and then we have to look at his disciples, his followers. How did they live in light of what Jesus talked about and what he taught? And I would say, fundamentally, what we see throughout Scripture, on what Jesus commanded, he said, love your enemies. He said, you've heard it said before, love your neighbors, hate your enemies. I say, love your enemies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, hate your enemies was never a part of the law. That was something that Israel, because they were a nation, had um, kind of, I guess, begun to just implement into the law. And they had, what they were doing is they were trying to redefine neighbor. They were trying to narrow um, this category of neighbor. They were trying to say, oh, the only people we have to love are the people of Israel. God's chosen people, right? The nation. Um, but everyone else is our enemy, and we don't have to love those people. And what Jesus is saying is, no, nah, man. Everybody's your neighbor. Everybody's your neighbor. So you've got to love everybody. So you got to love everybody. Mm -hmm. And then we begin to see that fleshed out, right? That we see... God's people being persecuted, suffering violence time and time again, and what we never see is a violent reaction from them towards their offenders. We never see that. What we fundamentally see is um, behavior that resembles the, the behavior of Christ, which is mercy. Take the apostles, for, for example. These are people who were um, indwelt by God's Spirit and um, were carried along as they wrote the scriptures, right? Words that we would say are infallible. Um, we would say that whatever they wrote in God's word are the words of God, um, and they're true, definitively. Those people, how they lived their lives out in response to violence, to me, shows how they flesh out the truth that they wrote down, right? The truth that they heard from Jesus. And I would say when we look at their lives, we see nonviolence. We see people responding to violence with mercy because of love in order to fulfill that command, love your enemies. When I go to the scriptures, honestly, and, and desire to submit myself to their authority, I come out of this saying, I don't see how the scriptures um, could condone killing. I, I couldn't see how um, killing could ever be justifiable. Um, but I would also say that there are people... Um, who are equally going to the scriptures, desiring to submit themselves to its authority, who have come out with different conclusions. Um, and, I'm, you know, so I'm not saying that, like, you can't disagree on this, um, and I'm not saying that I have, like, this thing nailed down. You know, there are a million scenarios that we could sit here and talk about all day, but I like would World say... World War III. Was that? I said, like, World War III. Like, World War III, right? What would happen in World War III? 
Um, and honestly, like, that scenario of defending your family, like, I'm sitting here telling you I don't think killing is justifiable, and at the same time, I'm 90% sure I would <laughs> definitely kill somebody if they tried to hurt my wife. I'm, I'm pretty sure I would definitely do that. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not an easy thing. So if you wonder what this place is, if this is your first experience with GOAT, uh, you can find more on our website or on our Instagram, but GOAT is uh, a ministry in Greenville, South Carolina for at-risk kids. Uh, we take them on outdoor adventure trips, uh, we develop them as leaders, and we eventually hire them to lead their peers. Uh, and we're filming this right now in our bike shop that is inside of our climbing gym, which is currently open to the public. So that explains all of the weird things going on. This Inception. 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 So again, check out our website, you can find a little bit more, um, but thanks for watching. Or listening. Oh, because you know, some people tap out. Subscribe. If you enjoyed, leave a like. If you want to subscribe.